The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted well, as statement don't worry of about fact. the guest. Independent fact checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. I have coffee. It's damn good coffee. And it's hot. Groundhog Day again, as if everybody isn't saying that shit today. Good morning, folks. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023, and I am guestless. <laughs> um, that's not uh, a serious problem. My guest, my scheduled guest has a serious problem. She's in the Deep South, where... Ice storms have taken out power. They've actually killed several people down there. Tough situation. We hope everything's all right. Uh, they haven't killed anybody that uh, in her house at, that I know of. I don't think that's the case. I don't want to alarm people there. But um, she's not going to be able to make it today. LaDonna Humphreys uh, was supposed to be the guest. We were talking, uh, was supposed to talk about two of her books uh, about an unsolved cold case. Um, and she's a, a private investigator and somebody who is a victim's advocate. We will have her rescheduled. I look forward to talking to her another day. As I mentioned, the Deep South is really feeling the winter here today. And we are about to get our coldest weekend of the year coming up. This uh, It's going to get cold starting today and get deep, deep freeze cold. But it won't last that long, and hopefully it'll be over, and we won't have, I don't think we're going to have any snowstorms or any of that crap, or ice storms, or any of that precipitation. We may. I, I'm not the weatherman. <laughs> so uh, I have no guests today. I'm just, uh, I'm winging it here. That's all. Just winging it. No guests. Um, so no, no uh, true crime stuff to talk about today which i was looking forward to to be honest with you i love that stuff i love um playing you know armchair detective and trying to figure out um what what the reality of uh, the mess with the with the cold cases are but that won't happen today we hope we hope the ice melts soon i don't know what the forecast is how long they're supposed to be under this deep freeze in the deep south uh, severe ice storm blamed for at least eight deaths across uh, the south leaves more than 370,000 without power. And uh, my guest, my scheduled guest today is one of them. So anyway, uh, so I have a show where I just uh, am going to wing it. So let yeah, uh, good morning, William. Yes, get, a guest has uh, no power. And is in, in the deep freeze in the deep south, so won't be here today. She will reschedule. I uh, just want to mention Olivia Grace, uh, GoFundMe. I should see how she's doing with this thing, right? Um, can I uh, copy this for? Yeah, let me hide it first so I can copy it. 
Let's see it. I want to see where she's at with with the numbers here. Um, Olivia Grace is a young comedian who is in need of kidney surgery. Oh, she's up to nine seven nine thousand seven hundred sixty uh, dollars of her goal. Oh, the goal is now twenty five thousand uh, dollars. But getting getting some um, traction on it, but still needs a lot of help. So uh, the link is in the description. It's flowing across the screen there. Uh, if you want to help out, uh, that would be appreciated. Um, Olivia is uh, an award-winning uh, young comic and queen of the uh, comedy store roast until she got sick about, I guess, two years ago. And it's been battling a lot of uh, challenges, health challenges, in the meantime, maybe she should have um, gotten in touch with my guest on the program last night. If you missed the program last night, and I don't blame you for missing the, the nighttime program, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, my guest was Brent Michael Phillips. Brent Michael uh, Phillips. Uh, and I told him before the show that, you know, I was, I'm to the hard uh, skeptic cynic side of life recently and so was um trying to keep an open mind to what he's saying but he you know he makes some really really over the top claims here's the story he was an mit engineer uh extremely successful guy uh and on top of the world uh, had a, a lot going for him, and then lost everything. Lost money, lost his health, lost his marriage. Got all at once. The world started to cave in, and uh, he came from a science background, an engineering uh, background, an MIT engineering background. But somehow found his way to New Age and healers and energy healers, and uh, the secret. You know, law of attraction, that kind of stuff. And one day, he met a man who asked him to rollerblade for him for 20 minutes. And the man looked at him and videotaped him rollerblading and said, this is what's wrong with you. Look at your movement. Your movement says everything about your subconscious blocks. Here's what you need to do. Guy was very uh, straightforward and blunt in his assessment of his movement and two days later he showed up for a radio show and his life had changed uh without doing anything miraculously money started coming following started coming as he started to feel better healthy healthy wise health wise and his life turned around by this guy watching him roll a blade and telling him what's wrong with his movement. And he's gone. Now he's become the teacher. The guy was called Carl. That's all we know him by. And <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny for me because uh, Carl had mentioned, my friend Carl had mentioned becoming a cult leader in 2023. Well, this guy, Carl, the Carl, his Carl, <laughs> passed away and now he's taking over the cult. I don't want to call him a cult. Maybe I'll call him a uh, movement. No, I'll call him a cult. Anyway, so uh, Carlness is a thing 
apparently. Anyway, too too good to be true. I mean, if I look at maybe I should go there. Uh, his website, one of the uh, one of the testimonials on his website was just so over the top. Uh, hard to believe that I had to kind of call it out as such. Let's see here. I'm picking a hickey, but pack a pack packing. Here you go. Um, I'm going to read this. Let me, let me, you tell me what you think of this. I went through the Unleash Your Inner Millionaire, which is a course that Brent offers. Unleash Your Inner Millionaire. I got an inner millionaire. I don't have an outer. I, I need an outer millionaire. I went through the Unleash Your Inner Millionaire uh, two weeks ago. Uh, just about every day since then, I've been receiving either free money. Either means there should be like an F or N, but or nothing in there. Receiving either free money ranging from five to four hundred dollars from different sources every day since she took this course. Just people just giving her what she calls free money. I'm also attracted to, uh, I've also attracted rich experiences into my life, like experiencing a formal holiday dinner party, eating off of gold utensils. And I'm also able to recognize different forms of wealth in my life that I did not appreciate before. I'm excited for what the formula for wealth has in store. Stacy from California. Now, Stacy sounds like a fun girl. I think I'd like to hang out with Stacy. She's getting free money because she listened to what this guy had to say, and ever since then, people are just sending her money. I don't know. It seems a little too good to be true to me. All you have to do is go to one of these workshops, and people just start sending you money, and you eat off of gold utensils, and... Um, you just sit back and wait to get rich. You unleash your inner millionaire. It sounds far-fetched, right? Or just me? Is that just me being negative and cynical? What do you think? Now, basically, the, the whole idea is movement shows your subconscious mythologies that are keeping you from becoming rich, healthy, satisfied, fulfilled in life. I I think I asked some pertinent questions that because for him personally, he had been on an upward arc. His life was good. He was married and happy in a relationship, and he was making lots of money, and he was healthy, and he was uh, top of his class in MIT and doing all these important things. So where were those subconscious mythologies then? He developed them sometime along the way and then started to get injured and um, didn't really have a, a, a good, a satisfying answer to that. What happened? Your, your life just went off the rails suddenly. Um, but this idea of... I could see how your movement can show some things about your physical health. Say, so, you know, 
maybe you're not picking up on this, but you're you're dipping your shoulder a little bit there on your golf swing. Maybe you got like a pinched nerve in your back, something like that. That makes a lot of sense. But to say that I can look at your movement and diagnose everything that's wrong with you and give you the key to narcissistic perfection in life. That's kind of far-fetched. Um, but I, I did ask the question that uh, Paul Ross asked in one of the reels that I produced lately. She said he went to one of these uh, Law of Attraction webinars, seminars. Sorry, not webinars. This is an in-person webinar. And he, he stood up and asked, why are all these things so narcissistic? You know, people are always talking about getting mansions and cars and wealth and all this stuff. Where are the people looking for things for humanity, for the big picture? Where are the people looking to feed the hungry, to provide clean water for the planet? They don't, that doesn't exist. And Paul Ross uh, came back, he said when he asked that question, the answer he got was, well, nobody here is ready for that stage of spiritual development or awakening. We're not ready yet. Which sounds like a fucking cop-out, doesn't it? So I put that question to Brent last night, and I said, you know, why are these things so narcissistic? This girl's talking about eating off of, uh, uh, eating off of gold utensils <laughs> and, you know, about getting free money every day. It's all about me, me, me getting rich, and it is very narcissistic. What's up with that? And he said exactly what Paul said he would say. He said... Uh, nobody is ready for that. Hello, William. How are you? Good morning. Nobody's ready for this either. No, yeah, nobody's uh, ready for the larger awakening or outside for to help other people. You're all, they're only ready to help yourself get rich and eat off of gold utensils. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think that that's definitely what the like. Um. You know, anybody that's like most of the people that are really pushing, uh, you know, to get famous or to get known is so that they can have, you know, a bunch of cars and houses and stuff like that. There's 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 some people that want to increase their platform to help other people. There are those few that that's, do want to do that's that. Not, that's not what he means by nobody's ready for that. Not that nobody wants to. Nobody right. is. Nobody's ready for that stage of, of spiritual development and, and enlightenment. Nobody can do that. We don't, we're not ready as a, a, a species to. Well, okay, but didn't he kind of say that when we are ready, it's just going to like happen? Like That's pretty... what he said, yes. When, it, when yeah, the yeah, student yeah. is ready, the teacher will appear. He kept saying that over and over. Yeah, and over. yeah. Uh, which I kind of. So it, it actually. I, I didn't catch the whole show last night. I think I missed like the first 20 or 30 minutes. I missed um, the whole hour. <laughs> but um, it did remind me of like one of the last major lessons that I had to learn in prison. And, you know, because I joke a lot about, you know, ridiculous things that I learned in prison. But I mean, to be fair, I definitely learned so much in prison. And one of the things that one of the final things that I learned in prison um. I had been in, so I had probably about a year and a half left to go. So I've been in like a little over eight years or so. 
and and uh and I was ready. Like I felt like I felt like prison had taught me everything that I was going to really learn from it. I was ready to get parole. I was ready to get out. You know what I mean? But it wasn't my time yet. And I had to wait. Even though I was, even though I felt completely ready, I still had to wait. That's just the way it was, you know, and, and there was just nothing I could do about it, you know? And, and so, you know, I, like because like I I got into an area where I started to be resentful that I was ready to get out and I and I wasn't getting out you know it wasn't my time yet but it was just a matter of I had to you know just change my perspective on the yes I yes be confident that you are indeed ready it is not yet your time yeah you know what I mean and uh, and and I kind of feel like that's where I'm at now like I feel. I feel like that that same cuss that I felt then, I feel that now in regards to like my comedy career, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like if I was given the opportunity, man, I could go full bore and and really, you know, make some money and do some good things. Um, but it's just not my time. It's just not my time yet. But my time will come and I know that. It's, that's interesting. That will that will bring me back to Kim Wadsworth uh conversation yesterday. But that's something that was out of your control, and and I understand that, and we have to learn to accept the things that were. But I do think uh, when you, when you transfer that to where you're at now, um, some things are in your control, and I'm sure. not I'm not exactly sure how they're in your control, and this is the problem. I think. Well, my choices, because. Uh-huh. My, by through my choices because you know um yeah, there's going to be opportunities right? there's going to be opportunities that come up but that doesn't mean i should say yes to everything you know what i mean like like because because i want to get bigger i want to get known i want to increase my platform but i don't want to do it just any sort of way you know what i mean like no, uh, i get it and talking to kim yesterday because she did say she she considered herself lucky and blessed and i asked her straight out if she believed in luck and she said yeah she felt like um she, there was some luck involved but it's clear that she has chosen a path of aggressive um you know gro- growth in her comedy career and, and right, in yeah. her uh, writing career she's she's not she doesn't let a day go by where she's not working hard at either getting a booking being making putting herself out there you know all that stuff so it's not it's a matter of having the right strategy now you you could work hard at the wrong strategy and still not make you know make any progress which i have done i have definitely done that before <laughs> yeah yeah but, been guilty but i don't think that that equates to being behind bars in the state mandating you have to wait there this long and feeling frustrated that you know my time should be up now well you, you still have, that's out of your control there no matter how hard you work even if you apply the right strategies you're not getting out until they say you're getting out so right it's not exactly concluded. but i mean to be fair um that's not entirely true because so for me, I got in South Dakota, they have the IPD, which is your initial program directive. And um, when you first get assessed, when you first go to prison and get assessed, part of what they do is develop your particular IPD because it's 
you know, different aspects for different inmates, depending on their crime, their history, whatever. You might have to go to treatment. You might have to go to like anger management, that kind of stuff. Um, and part of the IPD is also disciplinary points. You have to make sure your disciplinary points don't go over. I think point eight is what they can't go over. And basically, um, they take your time in prison and your disciplinary points and they divide the months that you've been in. And that's how they figure your points or whatever. And they have to be below, below point eight for you to be in compliance of your parole. And if you're not in, so with your IPD, um, my uh, projected uh, parole date was December 14th of 2016. But if I wasn't compliant in my IPD, if there was any one aspect of my IPD that I didn't do, then I would have to see the non-compliance board. So, and in my particular case, because I had threatened my victim on the way out of the store and stuff like that, um, I didn't feel uh, I didn't that. that seeing the parole board would, yeah, and, and it's really, okay. So that's a really crazy part of the story because like I, um, as I was leaving the store, I like I felt bad in the moment about what I was doing, and I apologized as I was leaving. Like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> but this woman, this fucking badass fucking woman, listen, this chick just got robbed at knife point, right? But when I apologized, she got indignant, dude. She totally got indignant with me. And she was like, wow, some people work for a living. And when she said that, like, it snapped this thing in my head. And I turned around and I looked at her and she already had the phone receiver in her hand. And so, like, in my mind, I just panicked. And I was like, put that fucking phone down. Don't you fucking call anybody, you know. And and I was very aggressive. And, you know, and I still didn't, you know, go near her, or you know, but I was uh, very intimidated. You know, and so much so that, like, and I think I discussed this before when she spoke at my sentencing, like, eight months later, like, her voice still rattled when she talked about it, you know. So it was, you know, it impacted her deeply, you know. And so I felt like the parole board, like, there's no way the parole board is just going to let me out. Like, they're going to make me sit here, you know, they can, and the parole board can continue anywhere from a month to two years in South Dakota. Right. And, and so, I really didn't want to see the parole board. So maybe, maybe a part of that last 18 months or so that I felt like I was ready, but I just had to wait was, you know, kind of a way to make sure my discipline was in order because if my discipline wasn't in order, then I wasn't going to get parole. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, you bring up the knife. I have to, I have to bring up something that's in current events. <laughs> Because okay. it's, it's mind-boggling. Uh, you're a big guy, and with a knife, you could be intimidating. Um, there was a guy uh, in California, double amputee, in a wheelchair, both his legs cut off, and he had a knife, and the cop shot him dead. Get the uh, fuck out of here. Co cop shot him dead because yeah. they claimed they were afraid he was going to throw the knife at him. Oh, fucking... <sighs> That's... What is he fucking Steven Seagal with the fucking thing? It's not Anthony Lowe, no, and he, he doesn't look to be even in, you know in the video. You don't even see the knife. I'm sure I I don't doubt that he had a knife, 
and I because he was on the street, you know. But if you're you're at WMBT on the street, you know, doing whatever street people do. You definitely gonna want a knife for protection and all that. Yeah. Stuff. And if the cops, come, yeah. but they were 12, 15 feet away from him when they drew their guns. And on, on this right. guy in a wheelchair, he tries to get out of the wheelchair and run on his stumps away, and that's when they shot him. Are you kidding me? He was that's running, true. so they shot him in the back. Shot him in the back and the sides, and yeah. And but they were scared. Of, they were they were scared of him throwing the knife at them. Right. But they shot him in the back. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, you can you could say it was a knife all day, but the truth is, y'all shot somebody because you wanted to shoot somebody. Right, because you're fucking ass white. It's, it's just crazy. I mean, I and this comes back to the, the discussion we were having the other day. How could these cops? It, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not, you know, just hateful, right. racist people who are just doing this because the kid's black. But just even you take all that away from it, they're so poorly trained, so pitifully scared. All the time, they're walking around not knowing how to deal with, with you know, the job. The job requires right. that you, you have some right. presence of mind, some coolness, situational mm-hmm. intelligence. None of that. They are just not trained at all. What do you do right. if you come across a guy with no legs in a wheelchair holding a knife? Oh, you, Police Academy 101, you shoot him dead. Uh-huh. You know, and the other thing that bothers me about a a lot of these officer-involved deaths, um, because it's not just shootings, you know, um, is how in the fuck is it that there's, you know, a lot of times there's multiple officers around, and there's not one motherfucker that's got the goddamn sack to fucking you know, stop their cohorts from fucking doing this kind of shit, from fucking being the voice of reason, say, hey, maybe we should ease the fuck up and shit. Like, You know what I mean? Like, not fucking one of you, you know, you get into this gang mentality of I got to back the blue, you know, I got to back my blue brother no matter what the fuck he does. And that's fucking stupid ass, non-thinking bullshit. You know what I mean? Have 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 a brain in your head. I, I hear what you're saying about that, and I feel it exactly how you said it. I feel the, that same emotion. The truth is, when there have been people who have actually done the right thing, cops have done the right thing, they get shot in the face by other cops. Uh, well, cop, yeah, they get, yeah. Cops are brutal mobsters when it comes to breaking the thin blue line, crossing the thin yeah. blue line. And so Frank Serpico... When he just tried to kind of like, we can't all be drug dealers and extortionists and and mobsters. Right. Yeah, the cop shot him in the face, and and he would have died, but but for a lot of luck and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I so I try to put myself in that position. If I'm, I see this crime going on by other cops. If I'm a cop, I could stand up to them and try to do the right thing. And end up dead, possibly, or I could shut right. the fuck up, get through the rest of my twenty years, and walk away and, right. and say, you know what, that was a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have become a cop. Right. But I mean, to be to be fair, you know, like uh, it's funny because people people of Boston said to me that I probably would have made a good cop. Um, but like I knew when I was younger, um, or at least it became pretty clear to me as a like adolescent and teen that like I wouldn't be a good cop. You know what I mean? Like, like I knew that I would like, I knew that if I became a cop, I would be a dirty cop. And then what the fuck's the point of being a cop? And right. that's exactly how I thought about it. Like, like if I know I'm going to go into that and not be upright in that position, then I shouldn't do that. 
You know what I mean? Like, but that's just, you know, I see the world a little bit different than other people. Yeah, and no. a lot of, a lot of people um bypass you know they they're just thinking about the job. I listen, if I'm struggling, I'm I have no real skills. I got out of high school and here's a job that's paying more than I ever made in my life. I'm going to go right. for it. And they're thinking, "Well, I just put in 20 years and retire and um so Right. Well, and prison guards are another profession that you know cuz uh, a lot of in some places they pay pretty well and there's not uh you don't need a lot of education or whatever and they'll take pretty much anybody because they need them you yeah. know what i mean and so prisons prison guards are much the same thing you know what i mean of of you know um and due to it was, that was one of the things probably one of the most entertaining aspects of being an inmate is fucking with new guards i'm not even gonna lie like the, the prison guards I've known have been total scumbags. I will say that uh, unequivocally, and I've known quite a few of them. I mean, scumbags as people, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, maybe the job does that to you, or maybe it's just that the job attracts those people to one. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I'll say this: uh, when I was the shoe orderly, I had a so you know the uh, the relationship between inmates and guards. It, it, you know, there's obviously a, a degree of separation there for, you know, you have to have, you know, right. but, um, and, and like, there's like, like you, you don't really talk to each other in a friendly manner. It, it's often a cordial manner, but it doesn't really pass in to friendly. Usually like you don't have like, um, you know, you don't have just kind of what, you know, regular conversations with the guard most of the time. Right. And so, um, but when I was the shoe orderly, it was a little bit different because I wasn't, I was like, uh, the, all the inmates that are down there are locked away in their units, in their cells. And so I was often, you know, one-on-one -on -one with guards or whatever. And so they would talk, you know, I would hear things and they would say things that they might not say in front of like a group of inmates. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned was how they're, prison guards sense of humor changes like and they pretty much like anybody who's been a prison guard for an extended period of time uh will eventually kind of only have friends outside that either have worked at the prison or do work at the prison like they become this close-knit group because they start like talking in a way and and regarding people in a way that's different than you do with society because you know you can't you can't go to your job for 8 to 12 hours a day and and talk this certain way and do that week after week month after month year after year and not ex and not expect that to affect your personality yeah i get you it. know what i mean yeah. So like a, a lot of a lot of guards do tend to go into that darker side of humor and stuff like that. What are we looking at here? You know, I love you. And I appreciate I... you being here. Oh, okay. But this is who uh, Jim and Sam have uh, as their uh, pop in person. I, oh, I, I think I want to trade you. 
I, I mean, mean, I love you and all, but I love to. I want. I want to call up Jim and Sam and say, "Can we make a trade?" Uh, uh, yeah. Listen, okay. listen. I don't. I don't go to flower shops often. You know why? <laughs> but, but I will. I will go to a flower shop and get a rose so that I can bite on a rose and sit. And I'll sit pretty. I can sit pretty. <laughs> See, I, can. I just like what the hell is going on with Jim and Sam? Yeah, that's anyway. that. I mean, no, I get it. I get it. Hey, at least you know. At least I comb my hair and put my teeth in and everything. <laughs> like there's times you're like pop in. I'm like you have no idea what I look like right now. Oh, <laughs> like I, I, like I got a bird nest up here because I don't know if you know how long my hair is, but my hair, like the my front hair, will go like past my chin. Wow. Like I comb it all back and everything. So when I wake up in the morning, it is just like this crazy looking bird nest thing i'd rock like, with that dude i thought listen i thought about coming on one day just uh oh uh, oh you don't even know about my white man fro days i had a white man fro in prison dude because my hair is like super uh, my hair is curly uh when i don't like because this is trained i train my hair to do this but right. it's actually naturally curly and and so because it's got that curl and it's a little, you know, it's white hair, so it gets a little real frizzy kind of. And uh, if I pick it out, bro, like I get, I get one of those white man pros that literally bounces when I walk, and like it really puts the funk in your step because you just hear it. You're like, bum, 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 bum. you know, you're just, you're just grooving with it. It really puts you in a different mood. Um, you got any ice down there where you are? Like like hail or what? No what ice, ice like um like there's ice storms in the south, in uh, oh. south and south. no, I think that's gonna miss us. I think that's gonna be mostly like Texas. Um, it might hit some of the more eastern side of the state. Yeah, but I'm more on the west side of the state. Arkansas is under a state of emergency, uh, and that's where my guest for for today was. Um, it, you know, it's it's just. Every year, and Texas is, you know, Texas is having pipes freeze and people down yeah. in Austin, it was freezing. Like. Bro, we had a pipe freeze. I mean, it's been, it's been colder than usual. It's been a harsher winter than we've had before, you know. And I mean, I haven't lived here a long time, but just from talking to people, like this is the harshest winter they've had here in New Mexico for a little bit. I mean, just until it was, it snowed almost every day for like two weeks and, you know, um, it didn't stick around because it gets warm. You know, it'll snow for a couple hours in the morning, and it like like it would just disappear in the afternoon, and then it would snow again that right. evening. Uh, but there yeah, we thing, had a pipe burst over the cow today about the, the low snow in the northeast, the I ninety five corridor, which usually gets feet of snow. So far, uh, in my area, it's been point four inches of snow, like four tenths of an inch of snow this year. So. Wow. Yeah, things are definitely I mean, different. <laughs> yeah, especially with it being like it's February now, right? Isn't today February first? Yeah, February second. Yeah. So is today, I mean, ho hopefully, day. hopefully, there's not a lot of winter left. So the groundhog thing. Oh, uh, there are a lot of fucked up things in in mythology and and you know culture and all this stuff. But the groundhog is the stupidest thing in the world because not only just on the face of the fact that this animal, this dopey animal, which just comes up and if he sees a shadow, 
It's supposed to change things. It's supposed to change nothing. The idea of it is, if you see me, if I see my shadow today, the sun will rise tomorrow. If I don't see my shadow, the sun will rise tomorrow. If the <laughs> if the groundhog sees his shadow, and I, or doesn't see a shadow, six more weeks of winter. If he does see a shadow, six more weeks of winter. It doesn't fucking matter. It's the same thing. The kid, so people get, they come out and they wait at the at dawn for this fucking animal to come out. And if he sees a shadow, six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't see a shadow, it's still six more weeks of winter. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm pretty sure that it's one or the other. Like, if no, he does or doesn't. No, yeah, it's supposed to be one or the other. But if you do the math, winter ends six weeks from now. Right. <laughs> so if he sees his shadow, we get six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't see his shadow, we're supposed to get early spring, but it's still six more weeks of winter. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think they mean six more additional weeks of winter. I don't know. I don't no, know how that works. You want to know why I don't know? Because I've never given a shit about Groundhog Day. No, <laughs> like, we, never in my life. Even it's, as a kid, I didn't give a fuck. It's big right. here. We have a groundhog in our backyard, but you know, Puxatawney Phil in Pennsylvania is the one. Right. But we have Malvern Mal. We have there's Rockville Center Ralph. There, you know, people name their dopey groundhogs. And what it what it's supposed to mean, obviously, is that it will be milder, but it'll still be fucking winter. It'll just right. be a milder right. winter. And they're just saying, you know, we basically. Uh, if he sees his shadow or doesn't see his shadow, determines how mild the next six weeks are going to be. But they phrase it in a way, well, six more weeks of winter. Yeah, it's six more weeks of winter, no matter how you fucking slice it. <laughs> you know, I think I think really what the groundhog has to do with is whether or not March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb or in like a lamb and out like a lion. I think that's yeah. what – I think there's a connection with the groundhog and the March Brand, lamb. Now, did you see? Speaking of lines, did you see the uh, viral clip that's on um, on Twitter? Oh no, you're not on Twitter a lot. No, I, I, yeah, I hardly ever like you. Listen, I have a Twitter account just because of you. You are the reason <laughs> I got Twitter. You but I a just, lot more comedy followers if you're on there more often. But here's the thing: I'm going to set this video up for you. You see a car coming down the road. And there's another car parked on the side of the road. The car coming down the road slows down to a stop. And the girl gets out of the passenger side and goes around like she wants to get in and drive the car. The driver opens the door, but it's hesitant. And the girl goes to open the door again. And out of nowhere, you see a lion come and grab the girl and pull her up into the woods. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck. And it's, uh, she, I, she got out to try to take the wheel. But they were in one of these safari parks. They don't, you, know, you don't know that when you start seeing the video. But she gets out of a car in a safari park, and this lion comes up, and I tell you, it grabs her like she's a little mouse and just runs off into the, into the woods with her. It's like, she's gone. Right. She's gone. She's going to be lion shit by the end of the day. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's just a, like so, a wild. Dude, so... Um, remember, we, we were talking about how dolphins rape people uh, the other day, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I mentioned something to my wife about it because I, I didn't know that. And so, like, when I, when, when I'm talking to my wife later, I'm like, babe, did you know that dolphins rape people? 
And she told me a story like so she's got a friend of hers at work, and the whole fa- her whole family a couple weeks ago took a trip to Cancun, Can- Cancun, Cancun, Mexico, and uh, she paid for them to all go swimming with the dolphins and stuff like that. And as they're going through their like training, the like the trainer tells them that like okay, so if you're in there and you feel like the dolphin is you know, like getting aggressive with you and like, and they're, you know, painting like they're, and they're trying to hump you. That is what they're trying to do. And let us know immediately. And uh, this girl's brother was like, say what? (laughs) And, And so the trainer said, yeah. So sometimes, you know, a dolphin might get sexually aggressive and take a person off. And so if they if they start to hump at you, please let us know so that we can deal with that. And he's like, Oh hell no, I ain't going. You know, right. he was like, I wouldn't go either. He's like, I'm I'm out. I'm out at five thousand. Like, get out of here. No way. Like, How do they, what do they do to deal with that? Like they go have a talk with the dolphin. Listen, we know you're horny, but I mean, yeah. what, how do they deal? Well, let us know so we can they, deal with that. What are you going to do? They have it sign. They have it sign an abstinence card. <laughs> I mean, I don't fucking know what they do. Bop it on the fucking bottle nose. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, and plug it, their that, air hole. <laughs> like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. That, this is so, uh, curious to me because we, the idea is that dolphins actually have an intelligent thinking mind and consciousness, uh-huh. and so. What is going through the dolphin's mind? Is it just bestiality as a turn on for dolphins? <laughs> Fucking humans is considered bestiality in the dolphin world. Uh, I mean, you know, it <laughs> depends on how much they communicate without us knowing, you know, because maybe it's payback. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you took you took my cousin to fucking SeaWorld. Fuck yeah. you, you know? Like, yeah, my cousin ended up in a tuna net and you fucking put him in a can, you asshole. Right, right, right. <laughs> But yes, but no, that ain't payback because they would go after the guys, not the women. Yeah, <laughs> I, and so I wonder weird. if there are bisexual dolphins who try to rape men. Well, okay, like, and see, dude, this is one of the things that I don't get. Like, okay, I have all we have three female dogs in this house, okay. And they've pretty much always just been, like, around each other. Like, uh, we don't take them around other dogs and stuff like that uh, very often at all. And, you know, because we have, you know, we're out here in the big wide open. They can run around out here and stuff. But anyway, um, dude, they will hump each other. They're all girls. And they will, like, and especially when the little one, the other day, we got a little rat terrier. She was trying to, like, hump our Great Pyrenees, which really looked awkward. And then it's even made more awkward by knowing that both the dogs are female. And it's like, what is even, like, in their head making them want to, like, you know, hump all over the place? Like, the like, phrase, I didn't not, think it through comes to mind. I didn't think it through. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Like, and then we act like we fucking know about these fucking animals. We don't fucking know. We don't right. fucking know. You're right. Uh, I just couldn't <laughs> take it through. Um, in politics, unfortunately, I have to. I have to bring this up. Donald Trump yesterday said, if he becomes president again, he wants to outlaw trans ideology, not just uh, 
you know what that's been talking about trans people in schools and drag queens in right. schools and all he wants to outlaw the ideology so it would be illegal for you to believe to what even talk about it yeah even have ideas about it yeah the idea I mean, if you're outlawing an ideology an ideology is an idea right so we're at well that point. sounds way worse than censoring speech in my opinion yeah. you know what I mean like Jesus, like that's just. And how do you do that? How do you? How I don't do think you... you can enforce. It. Well, that's where it gets dangerous. Right. Ah, we caught you right. thinking, and that's a, a Russian. You know, Russia does that. It's out. It's against the law to be gay in Russia. Right uh, now, how how do they know you're gay? They have to. Well, why wasn't Britney arrested for that? Also. Yeah, I don't know. She was public about that, or maybe because she didn't engage in it in right. Russia. That we know of, right, right, right. But, <laughs> uh, but it, how you enforce ideas? Uh, we caught you having an idea, and, and I saw people on Twitter, you know, celebrating. Oh, this is a great thing. This is this is gonna. And one guy said, and he's pretty, you know, influential pundit said, "This is what Trump should run on. This is a winning ticket." Is I outlaw? I thought you were the party of freedom. Even if you don't, if you hate trans people, gay people, whatever, you still have, if you're for freedom, you have to be for the right to be that way, even if you hate right. A hundred percent. Even, even when, even when I had Christian ideals, I was, I was of the mind that as a, you know, when I was a Christian, I didn't necessarily, um, agree with homosexual merit, you know, um, I didn't agree with um, non-traditional marriage or whatever, but as an American, I sure fucking did. You know what I mean? And like, so while I may not, you know, at that time, while I may not have encouraged somebody personally or whatever, I wouldn't have, you know what I mean? And I believe that. I believe people should be able to do what they want to do in this life as long as you're not like actively fucking hurting people do what the fuck you want to do and when we make fucking law like like you said how the fuck can you even make it laws about an idea or whatever you know what i mean like this uh, it's I, I dangerous it be it's super dangerous what you just thought um <laughs> right you know and and the other thing about this is like if they start doing these you know uh what it, um elon musk said that, what's that thing they're trying to they're trying to like Make it like gay, an integrated conversion therapy, that, that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Um, um, they're trying to, you know, they're developing this chip that might oh, make Neuralink. See. Yeah, the Neuralink. Okay, so like the Neuralink's going to be ready soon, right? And like, listen, uh, if they start passing laws about ideas, then well, I mean, who who do they know? Who are they going to know their ideas of? Right, you only know if they I mean? put a chip like, in your brain. Some people are actually excited and willing to get a chip put into their brain, which is like, uh, you yeah. think that's going to make life easier for you? And it might. It might. Right, and life. I mean, like, I can see the appealing aspects of it, especially, like, if, you know, he's talking about, like, if you were born blind, like, we can we can fix that, if you know, and, like, you know, um, uh, I, I I think there's a lot of stuff that they're really trying to do with it, you know. Like me, you know, I'm super fucking deaf, but you ain't gonna catch me with that shit. 
Yeah, no, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm like, deaf, dumb, and blind. Uh, dumb is a little bit questionable, but deaf, deaf and blind is definitely, I can't see. Even with my glasses on, I can't see. I can't hear a fucking thing. I mean, uh, you know, this is what happens. Part of getting old, I understand that, but I'm like really right. just a paperweight at this point. I'm like a doorstop. That's all I, I hear you. For. Bro, um, my wife and I, um, you know how marriage has little games that nobody told you about? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My, <laughs> my wife and I just started a new game the other day, and it's, uh, can you read this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 we, were, we were trying to, my wife yeah. was in the kitchen cooking, and, and she was trying to read the instructions on this box, and she's like, honey, can you read this? And so I come into the kitchen, I'm like, like doing the adjustment back and forth. I'm like, fuck, no, I can't read this, you know? Yeah. Like, what? like, geez, like, we're screwed. Well, yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy about this thing because my favorite game is this when I come home, I, honey, I'm home. And if I don't get an answer, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Take all your clothes off immediately. Yeah. No, the, ha- the house, oh, I'm alone. I can have peace. I can have quiet. My wife, when she talks to me, and I, I love my wife. But there's a big but here. When she comes home and she wants to tell me about her day, it's an hour conversation. An hour. Oh. oh yeah. Not dialogue. Not a not a conversation. It's yeah. a monologue. She's just yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to react. So I just have to sit. Yeah. There. Don't ask questions. Don't interrupt. Yeah. No. Yeah. And if I look down too much, I'm not paying attention. Oh anymore. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's don't like, glance at your phone too much. Anything, yeah. I just have to just handcuff me here, and I'll look straight forward. <laughs> I'll, tell me what facial expressions you want, and I block it into my hour on my calendar. This is my hour of just listening and doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like I, to be fair, like um, I'm one of those people that like um, I really take on other people's stress you know what i mean like yeah, like me if, yeah. if you're stressed out around me like like it like i feel it in my spirit like i really really do you know what i mean like and uh, you know um i'm very empathetic but i think you know i've been through a lot of shit so i feel for people you know what i mean but so my wife would be talking about her work and it's a lot of bs you know and there's a lot of bullshit going on and this is not so much her job now, but her, when she was working at Pizza Hut still with my sister manager, who was like one of the worst managers on the face of the planet. Like, so it would just like, it wasn't just telling me about work. It was like a bitch fest. And it was just like, eh, 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 eh. and I was just like, <laughs> like, I. Like I have literally like like been beaten down by hearing this conversation, and like like and it make and sometimes it makes me want to go there and like deal with some people or whatever you know like cause, you know, you know uh, sometimes some sometimes yeah, my, especially, my wife almost got me put in prison a couple of times by making me beat people up <laughs> but that, she didn't ask me to beat people up she just told me the story about what they did right and then i felt <laughs> obligated yeah 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 that's the thing but again you know like you said to me a long time ago and i swear to god matt i'm glad you said it 
because it made me more mindful of it because it was something I was probably slipping on as far as like up here. And that's like, man, I got to keep my cool because if I get locked up again, it's going to be fucking forever. Pretty much. You know what I mean? And, and so like, man, I really, but you know, um, I have to, you know, I have to remember who I am today. You know what I mean? And, And like, you know, because a lot of times I'll hear something like that and it stirs that up in me, especially if it's something that I feel is like an injustice towards somebody that I care about. That shit fucking angers me and I want to do something about right. it. You're not going to fucking treat my people that way. You know right. what I mean? I get I get mad, but I have to remember that, like, dude, if I respond the wrong fucking way one fucking time, like, that's, you know. I would be full of anxiety that somebody's just going to falsely accuse me of something and fuck my life up. I, I, so, that would be my worst nightmare. No, I know what you mean there. And, and it can and does happen to people, you know? And I think that for me, that's part of why I, when I was in prison, I remember a buddy of mine, I stopped by his cell one day and he said that so and so, had said that I had done something. And I was like, oh, shit, for real? And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I fucking told him that shit wasn't, you know, uh, I told him that shit wasn't true and he should stop saying that shit. And, uh, and I was like, damn, dude, really? And he's like, he's like, listen, bro, he's like, you're one of the only people in here I would do that for. You know what I mean? He's, and he's, he said to me, and this is an inmate talking to an inmate. He said, bro, you're one of those people that you're beyond reproach to me. If somebody says something negative about you, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is question them. Be like, why the fuck are you saying that? Yeah. And like, that's, that's when you know you have character. You don't have to defend yourself. Other people will fucking defend you. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's like, and yeah, you know what I mean? And so I try, you know, I try hard to have the kind of character that I don't have to defend. My fucking friends will tell you different. Man. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so, um, because that kind of shit does happen, you know? Um, and, and I think that, you know, how we respond to it, you know, really kind of tells a story sometimes, right? You know what I mean? You're talking about Neuralink before, and I was thinking about something I saw, uh, Glenn Beck the other day, Glenn Beck, uh, was talking about, uh, somebody, Microsoft, Apple, one of the, yeah, it's Apple. It was Apple. They have a new VR headset, and he said you have to make a decision now that you will never put one of these on, because these things are so smart. They will they scan your eyes, your eye movements, and they know everything about you. And he said you will put one on, and you will be watching something, and this is what he, and he I don't he definitely didn't realize how he was revealing himself. He said. It, it will know if your eyes move this way that you're gay. It will move, see if your eyes move this way that you have all these wild, kinky fetishes. Apple will know that you're gay and you have wild, kinky fetishes. And I'm what? like, dude, this is your fear about a VR set? Most people, I don't have to worry about Apple figuring out that I'm <laughs> gay or I have kinky fetishes. That's not a, a fear I have. If you have that fear, I think you just admitted in public 
that you're secretly gay and have kinky fetishes. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> kind of, if that, like, if that's the first thing that really kind of pops on your mind of what they're gonna fucking be, you know, like, uh, rooting around for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said to him, I said, So are you saying that you don't want Apple knowing that you're gay and have kinky fetishes? Right. And of course, you're blocked. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> <I was> blocked. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I could, I could interpret what you're saying because. <laughs> I'm not scared of Apple knowing anything that goes on inside my fucked up mind. I think I talk about it every day on this program. Right. I mean, I don't think I have any secrets, and that's a, this could be a problem. You're supposed to have some some things you keep for yourself, but I, I think I my know. psyche is a fucking open book. I don't have to put on a VR set for people to figure out how fucked up I am. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I want to play. We got a couple minutes here. I want to play this Lewis. Oh, can I do it from from Firefox? I'm in Firefox right because uh, I thought uh, Safari was um, not now, not now. Uh, I thought Safari was being the root of my uh, problems. Problems, yeah. With haziness, I got also because you have blocked your screen. Click the screen icon. I uh, gotta go back to Safari to play this shit. You guys gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, no, here we go. Yeah. Oh, no, here it is. Can you hear it? No, you can't even yeah. hear it. Well, yeah, especially in New York because it was wide open and it was infinite and open all night. And I remember those early years in my 20s living in New York and I would do sets till four in the morning sometimes. It yeah. was like the, 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 the improv on 44th and 9th the last, was like the last set was like 3.50 on a wow. Saturday. It was something crazy like that. How many people were in the audience? I not, played not, those like, no, but like barely anybody. <laughs> but you kept going, you know, just all night shows. Like I had a yeah. motorcycle because you could get to shows faster through traffic. Mm -hmm. You do eight, nine shows a night. Um, and then you just get paid cash and you're, I mean, it was a great life. And then me and, uh, uh, like, Kevin Brennan and, and Dave Vitell and a guy named Dan Vitale, who just passed away, and a few other guys used to go to the diner on the Westway Diner on 9th Avenue. And the Westway was um, all the street came into Westway. Like, everybody that's out hustling, you know, <laughs> midtown in Times Square. Back then, Times Square was still filthy. And uh, so there were vice, there was always, like, a table of vice cops and then like a table of transvestite <laughs> hookers and they're out on the street there after each other. But everybody goes to the same diner. So it's Nigel, like Wiley Nigel Coyote. Coyote. Yeah, it's like Wiley Coyote and the and the whatever. The dog. And and they, they punch in. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Morning, Sam. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like that. And the and the cops always had their guns shown, you know, their yeah. shoulder holster guns shown. And there'd be a table of comics. Wow. And we would just sit there and eat fucking Greek food and uh, you know. And just hang out and watch this weird, you know. I was so happy then. I was just so happy. It's such a fun. That's the part I wanted to get to. I was just so happy then. Now, he's talking about, um, okay, he said a couple of times, it was a great life doing eight gigs a night, uh, being on a motorcycle, going from club to club, getting paid cash. And it wasn't a lot of cash. He said, no. oh, such a great life. And then he says later on, and now this is hustling hard. And he said, you know, he's looking back fondly and saying, oh, I was just so happy then. So, so just so happy. Now, this is a guy who's won several Grammys. He's sold out stuff. He's had a show. Obviously, he had this thing that derailed 
part, that part of the show and stuff. Right. But he's still there. And he's still and he's back. He's definitely had a resurgence, right? But he looks back on the days where he was on a motorcycle, going from fifty dollar club, you know, yeah, grind, coming up, yeah, and saying, "I oh, was just so happy then." And and so, yeah, I brought that up yesterday, and Zim, uh, it was in the chat room, and he wanted to make it all about you know consciousness and love attraction. Not everything is about that. It was about just. I brought it up that we we think of wow I got into comedy now I'm working all or music or whatever it is you do and you're exhausted by it but you don't realize you are living the dream in that yeah. weird fifty dollar paycheck to diners at four o'clock in the morning with transvestites yeah. and and cops and comics all that insanity that's the best part of your life and we never realize it until we're fifty sixty years old and look back and say. Right. Man, I love that fucking time. <laughs> well, I think it. I think it takes time. It takes time because uh, you. It's one of those things that unless unless you're a, a rare person who's very good at living in the moment, it's just one of those things that you don't see in in the moment. It really yeah. takes time to be able to look back and know, and realize how much you really did appreciate that time. Like this I'll say this, I think I'm better than Rogan. Uh, uh as an interviewer because the question there would be would you trade your life now for that time? It, it's the, it, the more he said that, the more he was romanticizing about this nostalgic time in his life where he was just so happy. Now you're rich you have fame beyond where you even wanted fame because everybody knows your kinks and fetishes because it came out. But yeah. so the the question that it begs is, would you trade the life that you've become this rich and super successful comedian? So I would even put him on a par with Carlin at this point as far as what he's achieved and his accomplishments in comedy. Would you trade all that to have that life back again. I think he would say yes. I think he would because happiness, you know, you can't buy happiness. Fame, and I think he figured this out, that fame didn't bring him right. happiness. Fame brought him uh, an element of having to protect yourself and not be too out there and, uh, you know, saw how people can, you know, turn on him. Right. That's what fame brought him. I think that moment where he said, "Ah, it's just so happy." Then he was realizing in his mind that was I. It, you want more, but you should say, "This is enough, man." If I do the, this for the rest of my life, I could be happy doing this. This is just so. And part of it was the filth. He loved the filth. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mike say he's, he said nothing about consciousness. No, you were saying, did Matt say about how you were trying to bring it back to, wait, did Matt say people shouldn't recognize he should be happy? Yes, you all, everything in your dialogue is let's talk about consciousness, let's talk about happy thoughts. And the point I was making was happy thoughts weren't doing it. A motorcycle and eight gigs a night and the hard work were why I brought that up. And that was what he was so happy about. It wasn't about thinking happy thoughts or just trying to be, you know, manifest happiness by thinking happiness. It's just that, that doesn't, doesn't work in that situation. It doesn't apply. And the conversation isn't, doesn't have to go there. And you wanted to bring it back there. Anyway, so, and there's that part of it 
And, um, you know, the other part of it is, I don't put the, the way cancel culture works, it flows downhill. And this is something I've discovered. When it first happened, people were like, Louis C.K., I hate him. I want, I want his house to burn down and everybody in his family to be in it and die. This is what, what, what you would see on Twitter about Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. People as were, time, people were as time moves on, it's like, oh, Louis C.K. is playing Madison Square Garden. I, have, I hope everybody who goes to see him, their house burns down with their family in it and they all die. So it's not about Louis C.K. anymore. He's fine. It's people right. who are Now it's people family. who support him. Yeah. Right. I don't think he, he or Dave Chappelle or any of these guys who've gone through that understand what they owe to their loyal fans because what they brought upon loyal, <laughs> you know, and not even loyal right. fans like somebody like me who just yeah. doesn't hate Louis C.K. I don't really have right. a feeling you, about you're going to get ridiculed for backing him and all, yeah, right, yeah, and and hate not just ridiculed like I hate. I hope I hope your house burns down with your whole family in it and they all die because you still uh, don't hate this comedian that I want you to hate. I mean, why? I, I don't get why people say those kind of. I don't think I've ever. Listen, I've been super mad at people, but I don't think I've ever said some stuff like I. I don't know, but and, I've done worse things. And there's, uh, I know there's the dynamic of uh, power and work and superior and and you know somebody who, and I'm well aware of Lucy K's thing, but I was thinking about it last night. I've jerked off in front of many women and never, <laughs> once, and never once asked their permission. Never once asked their permission. So that makes me a worse guy. If, you, if uh, At least he asked their permission. They said yes. Now, they will claim that they had to say yes because they thought that, you know, he was uh, superior to them and could cause them to right. work. But I never even asked. <laughs> so uh, how could I judge a guy who at least took the time to say, is it all right if I jerk off? Because <laughs> I never did. Yeah. <laughs> I Dude, should... I remember I dated this girl years ago, years and years ago. And uh, when she wouldn't, like, when I would bark up the tree and she, she would say no, I would, like, uh, you know, a few minutes away, I would slick away and I would go masturbate. All right, you don't want to have sex. I'm going to go take care of this myself. One day she catches me and just, like, gets livid fucking pissed that I'm masturbating. And I'm like, hold on a second. I'm pretty sure I offered you this dick and you <laughs> said no. So I was like, okay, I'm going to handle this on my own. And would you rather I call somebody else to help me out with it? Is that like, is that a preferred outcome? What the fuck? Like that's I deserve strange. to just not have my dick touched today. Right. Like, I don't think that's the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it was the way you offered it. Uh, you have to offer it like uh, coffee tea or coffee tea or penis. Uh, I will which... say, I will say, I do struggle in the offering dick appropriately apart department because, like, um, and like it's something my wife complains about from time to time because, because like, uh, like I came home from, uh, like I was on the road for like two weeks and I come home and my wife. Uh, like uh, we're getting into the bedroom. She taken she took my suitcase and she like put it over in the corner. And by the time she turned around, I was completely naked. And I went, 
gold dust. And she was like, okay, I'm going to have sex with you. But it's because you've been gone and not because you did that bullshit right there. Like, and I just want to fucking note that before we do anything. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. so yeah, no, um, yeah, I <laughs> I'm not uh I'm not as suave as uh yeah. I'm just direct. I'm direct. Yeah. You know, I, to me, to me, I'd much rather I think a direct approach is much I don't know. I think that I think that should be appreciated more. You know what I mean? I do. Um, but but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time to go. It's uh, it's been a blast this morning. I oh, sorry, Ladonna Humphrey did not uh, show up, but it's understandable, especially without any power. Uh, but maybe we'll get her back soon. The calendar is full uh, for February at this point, and uh, you know this. Oh, great, John Lachlan Lachlan has uh, set this thing, this um, comedian's uh, thing up, and he's got people, comedians, calling me. And then I have a music uh, record company, MTS Records, that is sending me musicians, uh, oh, great. recording artists. So now the, the entire fe- month of February is kind of booked up. I've got a couple of Mondays open that I just find without having guests on. But, and I'm booked up now into April, into May. Lots of oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, Good. it's feast or famine. It's either no <laughs> guests or now I can't have a day without a guest. So, so uh, stop fishing is what you're telling me? Huh? Stop fishing is what you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. No, no, you can keep, keep. You know what? Because I am thinking about very shortly uh, down the road expanding and, and going an extra hour or two or whatever to try you go back into this full time and get away from you know having to work for somebody else. I, it's not, I don't want to put it like that. I'm trying to help somebody else and taking a paycheck for it, obviously. But um, you know, I definitely have to get off. I'm too old to be working for somebody else. <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. Anyway, that's the show for today. Whatever it was, it was a show. Thanks for popping in. I mean, always a pleasure, man. Always good right. to see you, Matt. Have a good day. See you all right. Tomorrow. See. You.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 